Good morning and welcome to Covenant's service of worship. We are glad to have you join us this morning. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent with love being the theme of this morning's service. If you're here this morning for the first time, let me extend to you a special welcome and a thank you for coming. Uh, Please, if you would, after the service, stop by the table where someone can greet you, answer any questions, um, and just welcome you to your visit uh, to Covenant. Um, For those here in the sanctuary, again, thank you for continuing to register, wear masks, uh, socially distance, and space space out. Um, Especially with more people coming, it's nicer to see more seats being filled and uh, you're being flexible to move and to slide is is helpful uh, for us being able to have the space available. And again, for families with small children or anyone for that matter, the fellowship hall is available if you need to use that space. Uh, The service is being streamed over there. So if you need to to leave this space here for any reason, feel free to go over there and still be a part of the service uh, this morning. Uh, One item of note, uh, there's a a misprint in the bulletin. It's not Peggy's fault. I'm just going to say that. Um, It's page six. (laughs) Um, A Little Town of Bethlehem is hymn number 201. So if you are using the hymnals, that's those red books in the pews. They may be foreign to some of us. Uh, It's 201, um, not 202. Uh, This week for... Um, Our announcements, uh, there's only one, and that's Thursday, is the Christmas Eve service here at 5.30 p.m. Uh, It will also be streamed for those who are unable to make it um, and available on our website. Um, But for those planning to join in person, uh, please sign up and join us uh, together. Uh, The link went out earlier this week for the registration. Um, It will probably be sent out again just as a follow-up later this week as well. Um, The service, uh, the fellowship hall will be available as well for both families who need the space, but also in case we need more space, uh, that people can be over there to watch it. We want as many people to come who can come, um, so we will have that space available. Uh, We will be doing the traditional candlelight. However, a little bit of a change to prevent a mass blowing session as we extinguish our candles. Um, Our our lab uh, research department here at Covenant has done an experiment this week using a empty communion cup and it works as a perfect snuffer. So we will all have communion cups and be snuffing out our candles. Um, I know it sounds silly, but it's just kind of to go along with the, uh, yeah, you can pay him later for his hard work in the research lab uh, this week. Uh, he will appreciate any um, uh, payments you wanna send to him for his work. Um, but all that to say is please consider joining us on Christmas Eve as we uh, celebrate the birth of our Savior at 5.30 again on Thursday. As I mentioned, the theme of this service this morning, the fourth Sunday of Advent, is love. You'll notice at the top of page two, there is the familiar verse, John 3.16, emphasizing the love of God to send out his Son. And it's a perfect and fitting way for us to, to think about as we consider beginning our service and worshiping our God who has loved us by sending out his Son. So let us together respond then by standing and singing our first hymn, Angels from the Realm of Glory.
please turn to the Advent Litany in your bulletins? I guess go ahead and sit down. The Lord our God is with us and is mighty to, to save us. I'll be reading the verses from Isaiah 54, 1 through 10. Let us hear the love of God in these words from Isaiah. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. For you, you who have not been in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit. Like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. For a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In overflowing anger from a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and I will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. On this third Sunday in Advent, along with the candles of hope and peace, we light the candle of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength and our salvation. Let us pray. Almighty God, we look forward with joy to your coming. For in your coming, you redeem the world and make th all things new. We give you praise. Amen. If you would please stand and as we compare, prepare to confess, to profess our faith together, uh, we're using the words of the Apostles' Creed and what a blessing it is for us to be able to declare together in one 
the faith that has been passed down through the ages as contained in this famous creed. And then immediately after, we will go into and sing the doxology. So church, what is it that you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and died and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let us now go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, what a great privilege it always is to be able to bring our cares and concerns and petitions to you, knowing that you love us, that you hear us, that you already know our needs, and that you're already uh, attendant to them and caring for us and providing for us. Uh, nevertheless, Father, we do lift them up to you uh, because we are dependent upon you. We thank you for the great privilege of being able uh, to bring these concerns to you in prayer. And we confess our belief in the power of prayer. Father God, we continue to pray with concern and urgency for Don Henderson, for Steve Butler, for Lavinia Mitchell, who are really struggling uh, with their health. Father, we pray that you would bless their bodies with health and healing, that you would be present, encouraging them. Uh, Father, lifting their spirits, that you give their care providers wisdom. We pray for Mary, that she would not be discouraged, that she would be comforted, knowing that we care for her and uh, are supporting her in prayer. But Father, we pray uh, for your work in, in the lives of our, of, of our friends. We pray for all of those others that we list in our bulletin that are struggling with their health, Father, uh, for the same thing, that you would comfort them, that you would heal their bodies, um, and that you would be with them. Father, we pray for those who we uh, know and love that serve in the military, that you would provide for them, um, that you would protect them, that they would serve well, uh, and, and that they would show Christ and honor him in their service. We pray for our government, the magistrate that you've put over us in these uh, times of tumult, Father. We pray, nevertheless, that you would bless them with, with wisdom and good intention, that they would serve us well, Father. We pray for the various uh, ministries uh, and for our missionary families that we support. Again, in these difficult times, Father, that, that they would thrive, that they would fully function in their ministries, that, 
He would provide for their financial needs um, and all of their other physical and material needs and that they would be making an impact for your kingdom in their work and in their missions. We pray for our denomination, uh, for our college seminary, our sister churches. Uh, Father, all, all are going through um, these difficult times and, and have needs and we pray for your provision for them. Uh, we pray especially for our young church plants that are vulnerable during periods like this that you would sustain them and grow them and also for the ministry of RUF uh, that you would sustain them also. Give our officers here at Covenant much, much wisdom as we deal with the issues with the church and a lot of new issues that we've never had to deal with before. Give us, give us wisdom uh, to decide these issues. Give the congregation uh, charitable patience with us. Give us unity as, as a body. Um, all, all of us are having to make adjustments and it's stressful for all of us, but uh, we would pray that when the world looks at Covenant, they, they would see a church family uh, that is united, that love each other, that are committed to you and to your service, Father. In this Christmas season, we pray uh, that this would be uh, a week of enjoyment and refreshing for safe travel uh, for those who are traveling out and for those who are traveling in to see us. Uh, for blessed time with friends and family, uh, good fellowship, that we would show Christ uh, to all that we uh, are with, spending our holiday season with Father. We pray for our Christmas Eve service uh, that is upcoming, that you would be honored and glorified in it, and that it would be refreshing and renewing to us also. Father God, we pray for your continued work in our lives, your continued work of sanctification, uh, for our personal growth, for our growth as a church, that you would protect us, you would provide for us, you would lead us, and, and that you'd be pleased to use us for the work of your kingdom. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen. All right. Our first lesson today is the fall of man in the first proclamation of the gospel. I'll be reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among 
the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. As we hear that account of the first lesson, we are reminded of our own sin and of our need to be constantly confessing and repenting of our sin, knowing that we will find forgiveness and mercy from our God who loves us. And so we're going to do that together first corporately by using the prayer found on page four in your bulletin. And then after that, we will go into a moment where privately you can confess your sins before the Lord. So let us together confess. Almighty God. You who shaped out of nothing all that is, forgive us for returning empty-handed. You who called forth light, forgive our preference to the dark. You who sent John to be a voice crying, forgive our unwillingness to say anything at all. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Having confessed your sin, hear these words of assurance from the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The coming of Jesus Christ is the announcement that God's mercy and his forgiveness and his love has come for his people. And so let us together stand of that and sing hymn 197. Comfort, comfort ye my people.
seated. The second lesson, the prophet foretells the coming Messiah. Isaiah 7, 10 through 14, 9 verse 2, and 6 through 7. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Let us join together with hymn number 196, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus.
third lesson, the prophet foretells the glory of little Bethlehem. Micah 5, 2 through 5. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. When the Assyrians come into the land and tread in our palaces, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. Let's join together as we celebrate Bethlehem and and think there's beautiful thoughts. Oh, a little town of Bethlehem, 201. fourth lesson, the angel Gabriel meets the Virgin Mary, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. 
In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angels answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and is in the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Uh, please stand as we join together to sing uh, hymn number 207, Good Christian Men Rejoice. seated please the fifth lesson the Virgin Mary responds to the words of the angel in worship and humility Luke 1 verses 46 through 56 and Mary said my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant for behold from now on all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me, 
and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her three months and returned to her home. Join me in singing hymn number 219. Please remain seated. All praise to the eternal Lord. The sixth lesson, St. Matthew and St. Luke tell of the birth of Jesus, Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and Luke 2, 17. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. 
please stand and join me in singing, O Come All Ye Faithful, hymn number 208. Please be seated. The seventh lesson, the shepherds are led to the manger. We'll be reading from Luke's 2, 8 through 16. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you it is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Let's stand and sing, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, hymn 200. And the eighth lesson is the wise men are led by the star to Jesus. We'll be reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, 
are by no means less among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and asserted from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasure, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Please remain seated. And we'll sing the carol, Gentle Mary Laid Her Child. It's hymn 229. ninth lesson, St. John upholds the great mystery of the Incarnation. Be reading John 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light sh shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light and that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of flesh, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So now our next hymn is number 199, so please remain seated as we sing together uh, the first, second, and fifth stanzas of Sea Amid the Winter's Snow. Let us join together in prayer. Father, this morning remind us of the links you have taken to love us. For this we pray in your Son and our Savior's name. Amen. As has already been stated, the theme of the fourth Sunday in Advent is love. And how far are we willing to go to love others? The greater question is how far has God already gone to love us. In fact, I would say this whole service is a demonstration of the length to which God has gone to love sinners and to unite them in saving faith with Jesus Christ. The lengths God has taken to love us has been summarized in many ways. One commentator spoke of God's love for sinners as God exercising his goodness God identifying with mankind, God sending his son, God saving sinners and bringing the saved sinner into a covenant relationship with himself through Christ. And perhaps for this morning's purposes, one of the most profound definitions of love the extent to which God has already gone to love sinners is given 
in the words of 1 John 4, 7 through 12, and in particular, verses 9 and 10. We read, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. The length of God's love for us was costly. It was costly because he gave, he sent his one and only son. The title verse for this morning's liturgy is from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's costly. The length of God's love was humbling in the incarnation. The second person of the Trinity voluntarily condescended himself to take the form of a man, to be conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and to be born in the lowliest of stations, even in a manger. He did all this to identify with sinful humanity. John 1.14 that Steve read just a moment ago, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then we read from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 through 18. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. The length of God's love was humbling. It was costly. And it required a sacrifice. It was sacrificial. Why, why did God send Jesus, his son, to not only identify with sinful humanity, that is to add a human nature to what he already had in eternity, a divine nature, he did all of that to, to be a sacrifice for the redemption of sinners, that sinners, that we might enjoy everlasting life through him. The Apostle Paul writes these words in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption 
as sons. The length of God's love was costly. It was humbling and it was sacrificial. It required Jesus to give his life that we might live. The tender Christmas story does not stand alone. It is inseparably linked to the stories of Good Friday and Easter morning. It's all one story, and each part of this story that, that we have recounted today in our liturgy, in these nine lessons, each part is absolutely necessary for our redemption. In the Apostle Paul's day, the first century, there were some who denied the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and in particular, the bodily resurrection of Christ. And the apostle defended the truth of the gospel that Jesus rose bodily from the grave with these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. The importance and centrality and necessity of the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Throughout history, many have denied the importance and veracity of the Christmas story, in particular, the virgin birth. And I would submit to you that the very words of the Apostle Paul where he defended the bodily resurrection of Christ in 1 Corinthians 15 can be used to defend the conception of Jesus in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit and the virgin birth. We could say, and if Christ had not been conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. If Christ was born of a human father, he would have inherited a sin nature from Adam. He would not have been sinless. And he would have been unable to be what we read from Hebrews chapter 2, the merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. No incarnation, no conception by the Holy Spirit, no virgin birth means no Good Friday, no Easter morning. If this is true, which it clearly is not, but if it were, we would be the most pitied of all humanity because we would still be in our sin. The most important question is not how far are we willing to go to love, but how far God has gone to love sinners like you and me. He gave the costliest gift, his son. His son humbled himself infinitely by taking a human nature to identify with humanity. His son paid the ultimate sacrifice, his own life to redeem sinners. And this sacrifice is efficacious because of 
the incarnation, conception by the Holy Spirit, the virgin birth. Jesus was sinless, a sinless sacrifice. And he was able to atone for the sins of the elect. God's loving actions in Jesus has no limits, no boundaries, no barriers, no restrictions. No sinner is too sinful. No sinner is too dirty and stained with sin. No sinner is too far gone to be out of reach of the length that God has taken to redeem sinners. Do you believe that? I mean, come on, do you believe that no sinner is too sinful, too far gone to be saved through the ministry and redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ? I believe it. Do you believe it? Amen. Jesus has gone an infinite distance to love sinners. From the glories of heaven to the lowliest place, a manger, and then a cross, and then a tomb. But praise be to God that he did not remain in the tomb, but ascended both in the resurrection and the ascension to his rightful place. And the point that I want to make this morning is that the grand story of redemption that we see in the Bible, beginning in eternity past with election, God choosing those who would be redeemed, including the incarnation, including the ministry of Jesus, and the crucifixion, and the burial, and the resurrection, and the ascension, and yes, the second coming, all of that, every part of that is absolutely essential for our redemption. One of the most unbelievable titles for God's people that I find in the Bible is this. And we see it multiple times in our text today, 1 John. Here it is, beloved. Let that seep into your heart. God, God calls you Beloved. Beloved. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. He went to the infinite length, the greatest distance, to love you and to love me. He sent His Son to be the propitiation, propitiation, atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We are the beloved of God, not because we have loved God, but because he has loved us. He has taken the greatest length. He has, he has gone to the extreme length to love sinners like you and me. And how should we respond? We should take every, we should go to every length to love God 
and to love one another. Let us pray. Father, we are the beloved of God. That is not a title that we have given ourselves. That is your naming of us, your people. And how precious that is to hear. And I pray, Father, for the remainder of this day, this week, this year, and from here on out, that we would never lose the profound mystery and marvel of you calling us beloved. Father, continually remind us of how much you love us and that we would love you and love one another and go to any length to do so. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you take your hymnal, turn to hymn number 214, let us stand and sing together, Angels We Have Heard on High. I receive the benediction. May the grace of God the Son and the love of God the Father and the communion of God the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Merry Christmas.